I'm World Cup champion Megan Klingenberg. Wondering who you should root for at the FIFA Women's World Cup? I'm hosting a new podcast, my new favorite Futbolista, where I will introduce you to soccer's brightest stars and the causes they are championing. From the 22-year-old American phenom speaking out about student-athlete mental health. I try to just like approach everything with like you don't know what someone's going through. To the U.S. defender who travels to tournaments with her young son. Am I ever going to be able to run for five minutes straight? Check out my new favorite Futbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Edit audio. What is the WNBA? Is this going to be one of those things where I put something naughty into my... Oh, the Women's the women's Netball the women's netball Association? Google takes ages to tell you. Oh, National Basketball Association. Oh, okay. I mean, that makes more sense. This is Rebound Revolution, a not-so-basketball podcast bringing you the revolutionary on and off the court happening in the WNBA. From queer baddies, to history, to ones to watch, join me, Money, as we get into it all. This week, I'm joined by Met Gala certified stylist, Courtney Mays, where we get into how fashion conveys so much more than just the clothes you have on, developing a personal aesthetic, and styling beyond sample size bodies. I think I'm constantly fighting the battle to make sure that you see these men and women as their best selves so that you know, like, size doesn't define what's stylish. When it comes to self-expression, how we do our hair and what we wear communicates so much more than, hey, these are clothes. (laughs) Fashion can and often is a way of sharing deeply about ourselves, our cultures, our communities, and our principles. I think about Angela Davis's afro as she walked into that courtroom to defend herself against the state. Or the singer Tim's at the Oscars, unapologetically taking up space in her all-white dress. In the arena of sports, this has held true too. And personal style has even launched some athletes into legends beyond the sport. Two athletes come to mind when I think of communicating through fashion. Dennis Rodman, and Serena Williams. As a kid of the 90s, even if you weren't following basketball, you likely knew about the colorful, tattooed, gender-expansive style of Chicago Bulls legend Dennis Rodman. Whether consciously or unintentionally, Rodman created space for Black boy creativity and low-key became a queer icon for my generation. And of course, the GOAT herself, Serena Williams. From the first moment I saw her and her sister Venus, hair braided and beaded like my own, I was enwrapped. It felt like an invitation for Black girls from every city across the country to see tennis as an arena that could be ours. Her catsuit post-giving birth, too, felt like this. 
serving both to prevent complications after labor and also a calling card to Black mamas who might be doubting if they could be athletes. So much of these fashion as statement moments have been reflected in the WNBA too. From leg sleeves to extra long lashes, the players of the W know that a walk-in fit isn't just about being fine before a game. It could also be an opportunity to demand bodily autonomy or to invite someone into basketball who's never imagined themselves there before. Hey, Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Courtney Mays. I am originally from Cleveland, Ohio. And now I live in Los Angeles and I am a wardrobe stylist. Which is why we have you here and we're going to talk <laughs> all things that, yes. <laughs> but before that, we're, I'm just going to ease into it with a little bit of rapid fire question. So, um, bleached eyebrows, yes or no? <laughs> oh, shit. No. <laughs> no. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. No bleached eyebrows. No? Okay. So, why the thumbs down on the bleached eyebrows? I don't know. I'm all for, like, natural beauty. I think, Mm. like, I love that we can be creative and we can express ourselves in different ways. But the the bleached eyebrows kind of freaks me out a little bit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you had to describe your own style in three words, what would they be? Mm. Comfortable. Mm. Accessorized. Definitely. And androgynous. Ooh, I like that combination <laughs> of three words. Yeah, I was admiring your rings. <laughs> oh, I'm like a Mr. T wannabe. So normally I have on a million chains and my fingers are covered in rings. I think that's kind of my way of showing my personal style because normally I'm in sweatpants. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, can you name a current WNBA player whose style you really like? Can it be a client? <laughs> <laughs> That feels like a cheat, but okay. That feels like a full cheat. So I, you cannot talk about WNBA style without talking about Sue Bird. And mm-hmm. I, it, it is absolutely biased, but mm-hmm. it's also just her intrinsically. Like, she just has a really dope vibe, and whatever she puts on feels really cool and elevated. I'm a huge proponent of, like, it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she embodies that. You know, she has a lot of cool pieces, and we work to make sure she you know, feels cool and comfortable and confident. But I think the way she exudes that confidence makes her looks even 10 times better. Yeah. Someone who is not a client, I'm kind of into Asia Wilson. hmm Because I feel like she kind of plays around masculine, feminine. I think that's cool. Two of my faves are Kalia Copper. Mm, okay, that's a good one. I think Kalia looks to me like if... If, like, Aaliyah played basketball, like, that's, ah, that's how she would dress. I love that. Yeah. That's a great reference. Yes, I think so. And I really love Britney Sykes' style. I think she's, like, a little underrated when it comes to, like, the daddy style, <laughs> the, like, daddy aesthetic. But um, it just feels playfully masculine, and I really like that. She's been doing a lot of scarves lately. Yes. I might... Take my answer back. 
Because I kind of agree with you about Britney. Like, Britney. she's a vibe. She's she a total is. vibe. I think it was a couple seasons ago where she was like, I'm going to bring back straight backs. And she just wore yes. her hair and like the straight backs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm into it. So you mentioned Sue. What mm. was the most memorable look you did for Sue? Mm. So obviously just when she had her jersey retired, I'm still oh, screaming about that lime green Gabriella Hurst suit that was amazing. And then also just like the first time we worked together, she wore a leopard dicky set. And I was like, this kind of just sets the tone for like what this year is going to be like. <laughs> like, how awesome is it? Like, we're just going to throw on some dickies and bring dickies back. And I know a lot of yeah. the guys have been doing that, but like, mm -hmm. I just felt like that kind of was iconic for me. And then the other thing is, she wore a like white Saint Laurent vest and short set that was really beautiful. Oh, and then I remember that. It, I, I just thought that was like unreal. Mm -hmm. And then my very last thing, I'm sorry, I feel like there's so many. You said one and I have 17. It's fine. Give us a lookbook. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I love to support black designers and female designers and queer designers. And um I've been really fortunate to connect with Desiree from Todd Patrick. And she makes these amazing kind of color black leather pants mm -hmm. and so sue wore that with like a tuxedo blazer to the all-star game and i was like this is it like this mix of street style with something a little bit more tailored and black tie yeah. was really cool yeah i love that i remember those yeah she's a whole vibe yeah <laughs> so when did sports and fashion first start to come together for you Hmm. That's such a loaded question because I feel like it's super personal for me. My dad played in the NFL. Yeah. I was not alive when he was playing, so it's not like I was going mm -hmm. to games or anything like that. But he's always been so much into fashion, into suiting and tailoring. I feel like even just Black culture, like we dress up, yeah. we show up for whatever it is, out to lunch with the friends, church, whatever. We drip different. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like seeing my parents go out to dinner and get dressed up. And I remember my dad taking me to Brooks Brothers when he would go to his fittings to have his, you know, made to measure suits. And mm -hmm. my mom being really into like these oversized aviator frames from the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. And she also was like, you know, jewelry fanatic, having, you know, beautiful gold and emerald. And so... I kind of grew up not in fashion by any stretch of the imagination, but just watching my parents and seeing how they presented themselves to the world, but also growing up with like a game always on TV. And mm. I'm six feet tall, so I played basketball. I played field hockey and lacrosse and volleyball and always having those two intersections, not realizing that they would cross over, but mm -hmm. um, always part of my life. So when I moved to New York... I met Rachel Johnson, who for me is the godmother of why we even talk about sports and style, because she was the first person, I think, to say, you know what, these luxury brands need to really identify athletes as influencers. And Ooh. she at the time was working with LeBron James, and mm -hmm. I'm from Cleveland. And so it seemed like the world yes. <laughs> kind of collided and uh -huh. it was kismet. So... That was kind of my first professional jump into 
you know, styling athletes and seeing how fashion can become incorporated in, into how, at the time, the guys were getting dressed. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, I'm an art historian and I'm always looking back. And so, like, we would be silly to think this is a new thing. You know, like, there's so many images of Magic Johnson coming in in full-length furs oh, and, like, yep. even, like, how we talk about AI and, like, how oh he... Gosh you know, integrated hip-hop culture into his look and what he was wearing, the baggy jeans and the baggy jerseys. Like, we were Mm -hmm. all still doing that at the time because he was doing it. And the straight, you just mentioned the straight backs and, Everybody wanted those AI Everybody wanted those, oh my God. (laughs) Like, still kind (laughs) of. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain, like, back in the day, you know, Bill Russell. Like, so there's so many points in our history where we look back and see how fashion was really incorporated into basketball culture, but just in a different way. Maybe we weren't talking about it as frequently, but for me, looking back, those are the images that I reach for. Even working with DeAndre Jordan, a lot of our mood board references are Clive Frazier. Mm. It's not like, you know, a current thing. So it's kind of always been a part of my life. And even watching like the women's basketball team, seeing them in like the Ralph Lauren Olympic sets like you look at Mm -hmm. that and you're like there's a moment here where fashion and sport collided in in such a cool way and so I think there's so many points in my life where it sort of like hit me multiple times like okay this convergence of sport and style is is really kind of home for me yeah and inspiring yeah (laughs) I think what you said just like is reminding me of like this principle of Sankofa Mm. and uh, I have that tattooed on my thigh Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just like this looking back to remember yeah. where we've been and to inform where we're going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been sort of my ethos, just how I operate in life in general, and especially yeah. how I look at the world. Our history is so important to our culture, mm-hmm. whether it's Black culture or female culture or queer culture for me. I think that's important that we reach back at least to know how to operate going forward and also to be inspired by those who came before us. Okay. So speaking of, um, I've seen like this resurgence of Dennis Rodman and whether it's folks recreating like literally his looks verbatim or like, you know, wearing him on t-shirts or jackets. Yeah. I grew up through the 90s. And so I very clearly remember like Dennis Rodman as a figure. But what do you make of kind of like this resurgence of of him as like a fashion icon? I don't know. For me, he is that era's Russell Westbrook or Jordan Clarkson or Kyle Kuzma. Like he was taking risks and opening the door for conversations for things people weren't talking about. He was doing... Mm very androgynous dressing. He was wearing women's clothes or what we're considering women's clothes. He's wearing mesh tank tops and lipstick. And like, I don't know, like part of me sometimes thinks a lot of it is performative. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point, sometimes the performance is helpful to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always interesting to me when you see somebody in sports that isn't dressing like everyone else. And he was kind of the beginning of that world. And so, I don't know. I like it. I think he's, you know, kind of an interesting dude. I I don't know. (laughs) Anytime we have, like, that throwback moment, I think it's cool. And I think that you couldn't talk about 
sports and style without bringing him up in the conversation at all. Whether you liked it or not. Exactly. Exactly. It was very polarizing, but whether it was like... The, like, tattoos, the piercings, the hair colors. Oh, man. Wearing these super dainty outfits as, like, this, you know, six, seven dude playing basketball. Yeah. (laughs) But I wonder now, like, would he be invited to, like, the Met Gala now? Mm -hmm. Would he be at Fashion Week? Would we be Mm -hmm. seeing him as sort of, like, what some of the people are doing now where they're wanting to be a part of the fashion community. I'm curious if we were to like fast forward till now, like would he Mm -hmm. be a part of that conversation? Yeah. Or would somebody say like, I like what you're doing, but let's tailor it down a little bit. Let's like give you a vision. We don't know. I don't know. I feel like a lot of what he did was like way ahead of its time and it feels like it fits at something like you know, the Met now. I think a lot about, like, Lil Nas X as really Mm -hmm. similar with, like, the playing with what we would call women's clothing. Yeah. And the playing with color. Yeah. And the hairstyles. So, yeah, I don't know. You're absolutely right. See elements. I see it, too. I see it. When you were growing up, or maybe even when you were first starting out in your career... Who did you look to for, like, inspiration? Whose style did you admire? Yeah, so June Ambrose was sort of, like, the pinnacle. Like, that's who you wanted to be like in terms of, like, her contribution to, for me, hip-hop culture. And so I didn't really know the business of fashion when I was just starting off. I just knew I liked style. I liked the creativity of it all. But... To be super honest, like when I was thinking about other stylists, I was looking at stylists who are dressing entertainers and female Mm. entertainers. So I think when I look to like who I think is inspirational for me when I'm dressing my clients or I guess just starting off, I'm looking at other celebrity Mm -hmm. talent. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a difference between like athlete styling world and celebrity styling world? One billion percent. Really? So think about, at least for, like, if we just talk about the NBA in general, Uh there's 82 games in the season. Mm -hmm. So that's 82 looks. Plus, if you're working with a vet who has, you know, business endorsements, you know, whether it be Nike or State Farm or Jordan, Mm -hmm. you have somebody that might have red carpet appearances because they're going Mm -hmm. to a movie premiere or they're doing a book tour. Mm -hmm. That's over one something amount of looks just in like a nine month period. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it's a (laughs) lot. And also for me, the way I navigate is that I'm really trying to create a wardrobe that is lasting. Like my interest is not to give you like the hot ticket item that's going to like break the internet that day. Like I want to really dive into like what you like and what your interest is and, and make sure that you feel good and confident versus like Mm -hmm. trying to make a statement in the moment. So I'm working in your closet. I'm, you know, making sure like the underwear you have is the underwear that fits well and looks great under the clothes. Okay. You know, I have somebody on my team that'll help pack and, you know, we know the pajamas and the socks and all of that. So, like, it's sort of a full service type of situation versus, like, a celebrity. When you style by Courtney. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No wedgies by Courtney. (laughs) 
But yeah, I think that's that's different. And and some of my like uh, entertainment clients, you know, you go, you're hired for a certain event or a certain project. You get that one look ready or two looks ready. You, you know, get them prepared for that and then you move on to the next like Mm -hmm. the clients that I have are kind of now part of my family because I'm around Mm -hmm. them so much wow yeah and I'm in your closet I'm in your home Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pulling from the things and sometimes like I have clients that just love clothing so they're buying things on their own and so like Mm -hmm. how do I integrate that with the things I'm pulling and how do I help put the looks together so it's really a, a collaborative process, but it's also like I'm around all the time. Like we're really trying to make sure that the image that you portray off the court, off the field, off the ice, whatever, is really, you know, cohesive to whatever business you have going on. You mentioned, though, the Met Gala. Yes. And I mean, I don't consider myself like a fashion person, but even I know every time the Met Gala is happening, right? It <laughs> it takes over Twitter. It yes. takes over Instagram for the whole day. <laughs> so it's like, it's a moment. And when we talk about resumes, <laughs> you got a resume, right? So you were the stylist behind Brittany Griner and Sherelle Griner's look at yes. this year's Met Gala. Yes, yes, yes. Applause, applause, applause. (laughs) So as you talk about like how much intentionality goes into the look, everything from the socks to the underwear to the overall look, can you talk a little bit about your inspiration for their looks for the Met Gala this year? Sure. So it's different when you're working on the Met because you partner with a luxury house. And so I worked really closely with Calvin Klein Mm -hmm. to make sure that their looks really embodied who they are. And so it was definitely about celebrating Karl Lagerfeld in a way where you're talking about just like timeless beauty, but also really highlighting who Brittany and Sherelle are as people Mm -hmm. and just like the love that they have between them and also like the love that kind of brought Britney home. Yes. And so it was really about giving them this like neutral palette that was like it's about them, not necessarily about the clothes, but also mm-hmm. wanting to to make sure that they felt really luxe and everything was um the fabrics were really beautiful and high quality and that they sort of embodied this quiet beauty, which to me is very much Britney's personality. You know, she's mm-hmm. first of all, I mean stunning, very fine. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, like, so I, until this year, I'd never seen her in person. Mm-hmm. And so when I walked into her house, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I, like you see somebody on TV or in a picture, and yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. just skin glowing. Like, obviously, yeah. she's 6'9", like, statuesque. So, like, you, she's mm-hmm. striking. So just really leaning in to that, like, her presence yeah. on its own. And so I feel like the Met was such a powerful moment obviously to introduce them to the fashion community, but also to say, like, I'm here, I'm back. I'm mm-hmm. with my beautiful wife. We're here as a unit, you know, mm-hmm. she alongside, you know, a team of amazing women and all the people that supported me brought me home. And mm-hmm. that was so special for me because I think that I try to work on projects that are are not just about, like, putting you in cool clothes. Right. And that was, you know, a moment in history that I was so happy to be a part of. Yes, it is a moment in history. One, like, I've been thinking about 
since BG got released, right? It's like we don't often get happy endings yeah. to to black queer detainment stories. Yeah. And that moment felt like a fairy tale moment. So it Absolutely. totally totally makes sense for the inspiration to be like this timeless love story yeah. that brought Britney home. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that was cool the inside of Britney's jacket and the inside of Sherelle's dress, mm -hmm. it had this is love embroidered on it. And it was like, this is what love looks like. But mm -hmm. like, this is also how love shows up for each other. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, this is this is so powerful. We were all in tears before they walked out the door. We had to like readjust Sherelle's makeup. Like it was such a powerful moment because we knew that we were there, not just about like, let's see who can put on the outfit that looks most like Karl Lagerfeld. But this was about the fact that, like you said, this was the fairy tale ending. Mm -hmm. It's reminded me of that quote. I think it's James Baldwin, but like justice is what love looks like in public. Yes, yes. And for this, I mean, quite literally, like her story all last year was about like justice, right? And like yeah. justice being done. And like that yeah. moment. Oh my gosh. Right. And it actually worked out this time. Right. Right. Yeah. This is making me think so much about how like Fashion, I think particularly when queer folks, when black folks, when folks at the margins, like fat folks, folks whose bodies don't usually get considered fashionable, uh, when we put something on, it just, it's a statement. It hits different. <laughs> it hits different. Yeah. One thousand percent. It really does. Can you talk about how like fashion has been or how you see fashion as like a space for resistance too? I mean, fashion has been a really actually a kind of a struggle for me, even though I, I'm in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. I'm a plus size woman and it's not always a space that I've been welcomed still. And also I work with clients that are six five, six seven, six right. nine, three hundred yeah. pounds. Um, and so I think I'm constantly fighting the battle to make sure that you see these men and women as their best selves so that you know, like, size doesn't define what's stylish. I want that on a shirt! Right! <laughs> right. Size doesn't define what's stylish. No! And that's, like, a mantra I almost have to tell myself every day. Like, I go yeah. out and I work, you know, with clients and I work with brands and, and vendors that I show up and they get this six, one, you know, 200-some-pound mm -hmm. girl and I'm, you know, don't necessarily look like what the fashion industry deems as stylish or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not necessarily looking like what the fashion world thinks is okay. I always say, like, what the fashion world offers plus-size people is a testament to what they think of us because mm. it's trash. Like, it's trash. It's the trash. Yeah. Like, and we're actually probably the most creative because we have Absolutely. to find ways to look cool and interesting and feel confident in things that fit. And it's not just like, oh, let me run into the Zara and grab whatever, because nope. no, that's not an option. And so I think I've been creative all my life trying to figure out, you know, how to get dressed, something as simple mm -hmm. as getting dressed, which is probably why I leaned into menswear, because that's what I could wear. Yes, And also that's kind of part of who I am. But I think that's why I love menswear so much, because I figured out like, OK, let me go into the men's section and grabs. And yeah. sometimes that shit doesn't fit either. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that fashion has it's evolving a bit like you're seeing more different sizes shown like editorially 
on runways and campaigns. But I, and I also think that's why it's important to incorporate athletes into that conversation because mm-hmm. you're seeing so many different body types. Different bodies, yes. So many different body types. And you're, especially in basketball, and I hate to say this because, you know, I grew up in a football house, but, like, you know what... Brittany Griner looks like. You know mm-hmm. what Chris Paul looks like because they're not covered by helmets or padding. Yeah. So you can relate to them as a consumer. Mm. So then not only are you like, okay, Brittany Griner, she's my favorite player, whatever on court, but then also you see her coming into the arena and you're like, oh, I love those jeans love that she that has outfit. on. Yeah. I love that. Let me see if I can figure that out. I often say like, we're not really watching like the Oscars red carpet to figure out how we can recreate those looks. Like, no, but you are watching the game on Friday or whatever day to figure out how you can get that sweatsuit or that pair of jeans or that bomber jacket because it's relatable. Yes. And to see it on a woman that's six, eight or a man that's six, six, 11, you're like, Oh, this is actually achievable and attainable Mm -hmm. for me who may not be six, 11, but it's six, one and 300. So like, I think that's why it's so important to me to like continue to merge the two worlds. Cause I think you can't be what you can't see. Yes. And I think like the more we see different bodies Mm -hmm. in interesting ways, like, yeah, it can only be oh my bigger. God. <laughs> I feel like you just made me realize something that I never realized before. Tell me. Which is like, there are so many different body types yeah. on display in a WNBA. And I can see their bodies, right? Like, yes. I can see I can see their yes. hair. I can see their face. I can see their shape and be like, ooh, maybe I can yeah. make this work, you know, yeah. as a tall, big girl myself. It's like, all right. Like, two people I thought about as you were saying that was um, Kalani Brown when yeah. she was, like, in her thick era. Yes. And yes. I would just be on her Instagram page looking like, okay, she got the thighs, too. How can I yep. figure this out? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're relating to that person as a player because you might be a fan, but then you're also like, wait, hold up. Like, I might kind of feel yep. like her, so let me see if I can figure out. Yep. That's why I kind of like some of these, like, social media accounts that will show you what the players are wearing, mm-hmm. which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like that because they feel like whatever. Like, you know, when somebody asks you, where'd you get that shirt? And you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like to be that person. I'm going to tell you where it is. Here's the website, the mm-hmm. link. Because I want you to get it, too. I feel like those sites are so important because, like, as you're watching a game, you're like, okay, what does she have on? You could just click on it right there. Click, 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 go. Yeah. I mean, I'm also thinking about, like, the Pride merch and how I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know there was, like, WNBA Pride merch. But I see the players wearing it in the walk-in. And I'm like, oh, I got to get me one of these shirts. Yeah. Like when they had Brianna Taylor's name on their jerseys, I'm like, okay, yeah. I gotta look and see if they're doing like limited edition yeah. Brianna Taylor jerseys and yeah, all that stuff is like it just becomes a platform for first of all a bigger message yep. and second of all like bigger bodies and other bodies. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think the W is doing such a really strong job at that. It's like. Yes, it's about basketball, but yes, let's acknowledge the other shit that's going on in the world, but like also make it fashion. And (laughs) I feel like that's the way you kind of get people's interest. I feel like I had a swarm of like, we are BG pins at one Mm -hmm. point before she came home. And I was like, let's see if I could put on a bomber jacket and let's see if I could put. And I just I feel like 
those moments are important. If we can use style as a platform to talk about something else, mm-hmm. then we've done our jobs. Because, like, of course, everybody wants to look cool and feel confident. But I think if you can use that moment to, like, have Breonna Taylor's name, you know, have BG's face on, like, whatever it is, like, historically Black College or University, yeah. you know, your Pride merch. Like, I think that's more important than just, like, I went to Saks Fifth Avenue and I got this overly expensive outfit. Yeah. I remember when the Sparks did HBCU night. Yeah. And I was like, this is epic. Like, first of all, it reminded me of like the 90s sitcoms, like Living Single. Like Living Single, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And it just like raises awareness. I also think the disparity between the coverage that HBCU athletes get versus like, you know, um, athletes that go to intentionally white or historically white universities, you know. I love that you said intentionally white. (laughs) It's 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 intentional. (laughs) It's intentional. Okay. (laughs) You don't just happen to be 80% white. It was intentional. It was intentional. (laughs) Yeah. So when Chris Paul played in Houston for the Rockets, we had a conversation before the season. Like, how are we going to use the tunnel? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, we want to look cool. But like, is there something we can do? Like, is it a uniform? How can we be most efficient? That was the initial conversation. So first it was, I'm going to wear suits. Then it was, I'm going to wear all black. Mm. Then we landed on, I'm only going to wear black designers. Then Mm. it turned on, I'm only going to wear black designers or female designers. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So then I went to Houston for game one, getting him ready. And my dad went to Texas Southern University for undergrad. Yeah. So Every athlete has their kind of game day routine. For him, there's like a nap involved. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so my partner was with me in Houston at the time. And I was like, will you go with me down to campus? I want to get a sweatshirt for my dad, like an alumni sweatshirt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're at the store and I was like, yo, like we're in Houston. Like it would be dope if Chris wore the sweatshirt. And so... Basically, long story short, we took the jacket that he was supposed to wear and wrapped it around his waist and then put the Texas Southern sweatshirt on. And from that point on, we were like, fuck the plan. Like, we're going to do Black Designer, but we're also going to do HBCUs every single game. And so we took that and ran with it. And I remember seeing the All-Star game and the Sparks night, not knowing that the rest of the league, the W and the NBA, had sort of like jumped on this concept of celebrating HBCUs and watching the All-Star Game, they're singing um, Lift Every Voice and Sing and they have a marching band. And I'm like crying because I was like, yo, we actually did something. Like we made... We made a statement where everybody's wearing support black college hoodies. Mm -hmm. Like... And I was like, this is kind of why I do this. Like, not Mm. because I care whether or not you have on Dior, but like because we actually were able to say, like, let's use fashion as a platform for like this way bigger issue. And I feel like that in that moment, I was like, check, done that. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. Like, I know in previous interviews, you've said that, like, fashion is a vehicle for, like, bigger messages. Yeah. And this feels like a moment that highlighted that. But yeah. also, 
like for black athletes specifically, yeah, that like it means something to use fashion as a vehicle for a message. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like during the pandemic and like in the bubble where I don't know, I feel like the taking the knee thing turned into mm-hmm. like let's put something on a shirt thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. let's put all the names of everybody that was killed by police on a shirt. Like how can we really use fashion as our sort of like protest? Yeah. And I think yeah. that that has been such an interesting part of my journey because now I feel like I have some sort of purpose because now it's like, OK, so what what other things can we talk about? <laughs> like, What mm-hmm. else can I throw mm-hmm. on a jacket yeah. now? Like now the challenge is on. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like what other radical <laughs> what other, what can, else we can we inspire? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the T-shirt revolutionary pipeline is really strong and man oh my gosh there was so much like reproductive justice t-shirt game and then like in the bubble there was definitely a lot of like anti-police violence messaging on shirts yeah and then like the title nine wave of things like Mm -hmm. just like making sure it's not just a t-shirt like that it's actually like if it is just a t-shirt let's get it on everybody and let's style it cool yeah I think that part is impactful, too, because you're like, mm-hmm. make it fashion. I don't know. Make it fashion. <laughs> make <Yes>. it fashion. <laughs> Revolution, but make it fashion. Exactly. You know yeah. what? That's the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was thinking about uh, Simone Augustus' first season with the Sparks. And, yeah. I mean, her sneaker collection. is crazy. I, can't even imagine how many shoes she owns but like she would have you know like on a revolutionary shirt yeah and the sneakers to match all the accessories the same color i'm like oh this is this is intentional right it's not just like i'm gonna throw on this shirt yeah for sure obviously you know sports world is very much entwined in sneaker culture that goes without saying but i think that um when you can use like that exclusive sneaker, like, hype beast of it all, which I actually don't care about, like, the newest, latest. (laughs) But I think that if you can use that in, like, an interesting way to style out your looks, like, I'm always into that. I have some clients that, like, only will wear Jordans. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So now let me figure out how to, like, (laughs) we got to put these Jordans on. How do we, like, Mm -hmm. make it interesting? But, yeah, I feel like Simone did a really cool job of, like, incorporating her revolution into her, like, sneaker addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Does it ever... Because I know some athletes are, like, sponsored by, like, Adidas or Jordan. Does that ever, like, interfere with how you get to style? Or I don't know if interfere is the right word, but, like, does it limit the possibilities for styling? It kind of depends. Like, everyone's contract is different. For sure, like, if you're a Nike athlete, you're not wearing a pair of you know, uh, Adidas gazelles. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really limit me unless I see something. I'm like, oh, this would be great. And then I realize, like, you can't. But I feel like it kind of helps you be a little bit more creative because you're given, like, a. and I use the word narrow loosely because obviously, like, the Nikes, the Pumas of the world have a vast amount of things. But it just gives you sort of guidelines. And also it's like, how can I style with sneakers and make it interesting with this suit or with this, you know, like, wide leg pant? Like, how can we, like, incorporate it to make it feel elevated? 
I'm just curious. Do you have an athlete that's like, oh, I wish I could work with them? <laughs> yeah, I have a couple, but for like all the wrong reasons. <laughs> like, you know how you see somebody and you're like, they could be so much better. I, yes. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even a stylist, but I'll be seeing people like, mm. Yeah, I have a few. Um, I think Steph Curry is on the list for me. And I would say Brianna Stewart, but that worked out this year. So <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. You got to check off like a wish list. Right. Like, also love Stewie. And now I love she's Stewie. in New York. Get to see her live play in person a lot more. Mm. Courtney, where can folks find you? Like if they're looking for you on the internet or where do you want to be found? So I am Courtney D. Mays on Instagram. And also like I'm open to like a good email or DM. Like if you have a question, you want to know what it's like to be a stylist or you want to know where to find something I like to be that person that's like in the comments like where are those pants from like I'm gonna respond because mm-hmm. I feel like I want everyone to look cool and feel good but yeah IG is probably the best way to get at me well thank you so much Courtney this has been amazing <laughs> of course I'm so glad I could chat with you Welcome to the orange carpet. Now we know these W players don't just give their all to the game. They also like to look real good doing it. So in this little segment, we roll out the orange carpet to give some shine to players past and present killing the fashion game. From signature hairstyles to the unforgettable shoe game, let's get into the styles that we love to see. This week, I'm rolling out the orange carpet for Arike Ogumbawale of the Dallas Wings. So whenever I think of Arike, I think two things. One, she is so fine. (laughs) And two, the accessories. Arike accessories, okay? Whether it's a bag, the hat, the chains, The nose rings, like Arike is all about the detail and the accessories, and that is why she is on the orange carpet. You've probably also seen Arike and her accessories in a State Farm commercial, because she's done a few commercials with Jake from State Farm. I think they actually mentioned her shoes in one of these commercials. It's all about the detail and the accessories with Arike, and I love it. One of my favorite looks from her was the 2022 All-Star Game in Utah, where she wore this, like, green cropped blazer situation. And I think y'all are seeing a theme. I love a blazer situation. (laughs) And uh, yes, the outfit was cute. But what I love most about it is that she paired it with all these chains, these bracelets, these amazing shoes, and these angular cat-like shades. And I think it just pulled the whole look together, the over-accessorizing. I just loved it. I loved it. On the usual, like the walk-in tunnel fits, you can catch Arike in like a political t-shirt, maybe with some like historical figure on it, with a cute bag, a hat, maybe even some gloves sometimes the nail polish to match the shoes. She's just really into the details on the accessories. And 
I can't wait to see more. So shout out to Arike and her accessories. And let me know who else you want to see on the orange carpet. Want to sound like you in the know when it comes to the W? I got you. This is Fundamentals, where I'll give you a rundown of something to make you look like you're the expert in the room. For this week's Fundamentals, we're talking bigs and not so bigs. (laughs) The centers and the point guards. Now, y'all have probably heard me mention bigs a few times. The players I'm referring to are centers, which aren't always, but usually tend to be the tallest players on the floor. The center in basketball is also referred to as the five position and is looked to by the whole team to be the one playing under, near, and closest to the basket because they're usually the tallest. The center is looked to by the team to block shots and rebound on defense and to stay open under the basket to make easy points on offense. Some centers you can name drop are, of course, our favorite, Brittany Griner, the rookie, Aaliyah Boston, and no shape, but who else is good right now? <laughs> uh, I guess Steph Dolson in New York. I mean, y'all help me out. Who is a good center who's active right now? Because... <laughs> All I got is BG and Aaliyah Boston. Everybody else is retired that I think of. So y'all help me out. (laughs) And the not so bigs. (laughs) So who gets the ball to the big? That would usually be the point guard. The point guard is the director of traffic. They are usually the player bringing the ball down the court. And they tend to play further from the basket so they can see the whole court. A lot of people compare point guards to quarterbacks in football. Now, y'all, I don't know nothing about football, but I do know that the quarterback is the one who gets the ball where it needs to go, kind of like the point guard. Now, there are so many good point guards, but some of my favorites right now are Kelsey Plum of the Las Vegas Aces, who had a 40-point game this season. Alicia Gray, who's currently playing with the Atlanta Dream, who is just incredible to watch in person, and arguably the best point guard of all time, Sue Bird. So the next time someone is talking centers and point guards, you have a few names to throw into the conversation. Rebound Revolution is an edit audio original podcast created in collaboration with The Cube. I'm your host, Money McEachern, and this episode was produced by Melissa Houghton, Mick Finnegan, and me. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Mick Finnegan. Our supervising producer is Anna Deshawn. Our executive producer is Steph Colburn. Thank you to Kathleen Speckert and the whole Edit Audio team. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.